from Australia in Canberra this afternoon. Adam White was calling it all for SEN Cricket alongside uh, Bryce McGain and Damien Fleming. Uh, I mean, how do you sum up a game like that, Whitey? I mean, great for Australia. We've unearthed a couple, and we'll talk about that. But didn't look like a lot of fight from the opposition with the bat. No, it was hugely disappointing. Um, be- and particularly because they had done so well in the test matches. And, and I think even though the first test in Adelaide was done in, in two and a bit days, they were actually quite competitive. They had Australia six for 140 and they had a bad couple of hours and it kind of unraveled from there. But after what they did at the Gabba, you know, they were okay at times in, in Melbourne and in Sydney, but today they just didn't look interested. So, you know, we're, we're focusing on the fact that Fraser McGurk made 41 off 18 and, and Inglis made 35 off 16. The bowling was pretty ordinary. But it's the batting. I mean, all out for 86 in 24 overs. Mm. They lost six for 15. On a pretty good deck. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mm. mean, they, it, they they were sent in, but they said at the toss, had they won the toss, they would have batted. Mm. So, you know, to only last 24 overs um, and lose six for 15, I mean, that's, you know, that's village cricket, mm. really. And, and well, this is meant to be international cricket. Well, it's the mode of dismissal as well, Whitey, I think was was really concerning. I, even when they were really struggling at four for 40, just a, I mean, a shocking run out, guys just holing out in the deep. It looked like no one was even willing to dig in. No, no. And, and I think, to be honest, Coons, I'm not sure they have the ability to be able to dig in. I just think they they were just outclassed. And, you know, we talk about the, the test match in Brisbane where a lot of them played really well. And a lot of them did. They all contributed at different times. There was only two players that played today in the game in Canberra that played in the Brisbane Test. So one of those was Elzari Joseph, the bowler. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we had um, Athanase at the top of the order who batted sort of four for for the West Indies. So, you know, it's a very different looking team. A lot of these guys have played bits and pieces of of international cricket for the West Indies. When the T20s start later in the week, we'll see more players that we do know, the Mm -hmm. likes of... Jason Holder, yep. um, Nicholas Peran, um, Andre Russell. Mm. So I think they'll be better in that form of the game than what we've seen here. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that were potting this series coming in, thinking, what are we doing it for? Waste of time, meaningless cricket, all that sort of thing. You know, the West Indies, not competitive. Well, we're back where we mm. were, aren't we, really? But Talking about that sort of thing. We are. Harcourt's open line, one 736 40 wings, temper, 433 If you've got any thoughts on the cricket for today, let us know. We've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart at Club Mandalay to give away. So just on that, I mean, we're, we got all so excited about what we saw in the test match at the Gabba. I know, as you say, only a couple of players that played in that match played today, and it's a very different form of the game and everything like that, but... Do we really think we're going to see a resurgence in West Indies cricket? I mean, there's been a lot of talk, um, hopefully after this test match and the talent's still there. Yeah. It's just got to be harnessed. It's well, they're talking about funded. a three-test series coming up next time when they travel here. So obviously there, there is positivity around it, surely. Yeah. I, is it a bit wishful I, thinking, I, though? I think, I, think, I think there's an element of wishful thinking mm. about it because if you look back in history, just over the last 10 years, West Indies have had some fairly miraculous wins at certain times and everyone thinks, ah, they're back Mm. and then it falls away Mm. again. So um, I think the difference this time with their test team was that they had a group of players that actually wanted to play test cricket Mm. um, and not bemoan the fact, oh, we're not getting paid very well here and we're having to play. I'd prefer to be playing somewhere else. And I think that was where the clear difference was this time in the test matches. But as I said before, when, when you look at the one day games, 
Um, I just don't think those players are, are are up to standard. Now, how do they get up to standard? They've probably got to play more games against better opposition to know what the what the baseline level is. Um, but yeah, I think Australia are in a bit of a menacing mood as well because there are players that are playing at the moment, like Josh Inglis, that are trying to play more cricket for Australia and also have better opportunities for Australia. Mm. So Josh Inglis, he wants to play at the top of the order. I know he was when we talked to us, he didn't want to say too much. Yeah. Well, David Warner's out of that team now. That's right. So yeah. someone has a chance yeah. to open the batting. So Josh Inglis doesn't want to give a sucker an even break. So he did really well in Melbourne and then did really well again today. And Jake Fraser McGurk, I think everyone sort of thought, oh, they're just throwing him to take mm. the mickey a little bit. This guy's got serious talent. And if he's got the license to do what he did there, watching him tonight reminded me a little bit of that night that David Warner made there that night. Yes. against uh, South, South Africa. Africa at the MCG. Mm. And that set a lighter career. Um, very unconventional. We knew that at the time. Unconventional road to, to international cricket. A bit like Jake Fraser McGurk. He hasn't done a lot at first class level. But he's got a talent. And if you give that talent a license, you saw what you saw today. Mm. So Block from Ringwood wasn't too impressed off the 40 wins. No, but boy, seriously, I've seen better batters on a piece of fish. <laughs> when he's didn't even try to bat out the overs, no application or fight. Disappointing, <laughs> says Block and Ringwood. A few saying it's unfortunate for those that paid to go. And they should play a 2020 match uh, just to make up for it. That's, that's never going to happen. Just what about Xavier Bartlett? We've heard Jake Fraser McGurk talk. He's got Ambitions to play all forms of the game for Australia. He made his first first class century for South Australia late last year. Bartlett's a bit different to what we've got. Bit, not yeah. as quick, but swings the ball. No, that, that, that's a good point. Is he someone that could be a long form no, player for Australia? Absolutely. So he had a really good Sheffield Shield season uh, last summer, um, but unfortunately for Xavier, he hurt his back. He had stress fractures in his back, so he missed the first half of the Shield season. So what he's been able to do in the BBL and then back it up here. Is, is quite remarkable. But you're right, Jules. What he offers, which is something different, is that he swings the ball away from the right-hander. So really, that's not something we currently have. It's a bit like Lance Morris. Mm. You know, he's pure speed, which is what Mitch Stark is. Stark left arm, Morris right arm. But Coons, what's happened today with uh, Lance Morris is he's done his side. Yeah. Um, so he'll, I, I think he'll be out of the New Zealand tour, and I'm that's not sure we'll see him for a couple of months. Mm. Yeah, that that is disappointing. So with this uh, one-day side, I mean, it's a different-looking side um, that is transitioning at the moment. Who comes back in of the regular sort of mainstay guys from from here on out? So it's more the bowlers. So Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins. So they would come in uh, as first choice. Now, batting's a bit open um, because Smith and Labashane were there. They played in the World Cup. Um, You've got Cameron Green, who's sort of in and out of that team. It probably would be in. So Mitch Marsh is the obvious that comes back. Maxwell. And Maxwell. They're the two. Travis Head? Oh, and Travis Head, yes. So he started <laughs> the, turnover, he started the, the series then and then, you know, left out there. So they want to open with Head. They definitely want to yep. do that. And I, I think it'll be Head and Inglis with Marsh at three and then Smith at four. I think that's what they see the next, you know, year or two looking like. And so there's a lot of um, SMS traffic uh, on the on the Tepa text mm-hmm. um, suggesting, well, why why is Matt Short not opening the batting? Well, there's your reason why, because I don't think there's a spot for him. Mm. But there is a spot for him in the middle order, and I think that's why they're trying to re-engineer him as a middle order player in white ball cricket so he gets a game. Yep. And what about Cam Green? You mentioned who has been in and out of the side. Is there a, How have his performances been? Has it been strong enough to, to warrant Sticking in the side? Well, he batted very well at the MCG. 
Um, again, we've got to be a bit careful about referencing what anyone does against the West Indies. I understand that. Um, look, I, I think I'm not I'm not convinced about him in one day cricket at this point, Coons. I think in my view is he should be just focusing on test cricket at the moment, being the best number four bat he can be. Um, you saw him bowl at times through the series. He bowled really poorly today when he opened the bowling, whereas he didn't bowl at all in the other game. Uh, and he batted, was going to bat a bit lower today. So, you know, you can only play so many all-rounders. So I was saying before, if you've got Inglis at the top with head, Marsh at three, who's an all-rounder, then you've got Smith four, maybe Labuschagne at five. There's probably only, and then Maxwell at six, there's only one spot left. You know, is that green? Is that short? Is it Hardy? That's sort of where we're where we're at at the moment, I think. So, yeah, I don't I don't think he's a walk up start in the one day side at the moment. So, looking ahead to the New Zealand tour, you, Lance Morris would have been on that tour. He would have been on the tour. So, he would so have been who, the who will go on the tour now instead of Lance? Well, maybe Bartlett just goes, maybe yeah, good timing. You know, goes through everyone because a lot of times in cricket, Jules and, and Coons, it's the hot player at the yeah, time that gets 100%. the opportunity and. And Australia, in recent times, with that George Bailey Andrew McDonald combination in selection, aren't afraid to go left field and 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 pick someone from white ball form in, into red ball cricket. So maybe he's the one that comes in with Boland as the backup bowlers. Unless the uh, the hot player is is Marcus Harris uh, making tons of sh- of runs no, in shield cricket that, to get an opening spot. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. What to do it? I haven't spoken to you my, since uh, December, Waddy, about this. My uh, wife I said to me last I've got night, to ask. She, why are you so grumpy? <laughs> I said, I'm not grumpy. Yes, you are. You grumpy. I wasn't Still prepared to say. Marcus. Marcus made four in the second innings. He got out last night. No. So what what have you made of Steve Smith opening the batting for? The Australian Test Team, Whitey, officially because we've. How often did we speak about it pre-Christmas? Yeah, I know. Just about every we, three we or four did. times a show, we did. Uh, we dissected everything. Where, where do you sit with it all now? Um, I'm still not entirely sold on it. I think it's it's convenient because it gets Cameron Green in at four and it gets him in the team. Um, I still feel that Australia are a little bit vulnerable in their batting with Green at four, Head at five, and Mitch Marsh at six, particularly five and six. On their day, they're fantastic, but they also have a lot of bad days as well as good days because of the way they play. And because Manus Labuschagne's out of form, I think it's it leaves everyone a bit vulnerable in that batting lineup because that gatekeeper at three and Smith at four, that they're usually the ones that are meant to protect the middle order. But when you take Smith out of four and Labuschagne struggling at three, I think it makes them vulnerable. So in a roundabout sort of way, I'd still like to see a recognised opener there and, and Smith back at three or four, but I don't think they're going to go that way. Um, but I don't know whether they know what they want at this point. Mm. New Zealand, I think, will be what they had for the West Indies matches. They're not going to change it after two. It'll be a test in New Zealand. It will be. And and I, I think they're vulnerable in New Zealand, Australia. Mm. Um, but it's what it will be for India, I think that is anyone's guess at this point in time because there is still a lot of Shield games to be played this year and then the start of next year before those India matches. Is India uh, with an eye to the Ashes, do you think, in terms of the squad, like trying to settle it in for, for that? No, I think they treat India now as seriously as an Ashes. That's, that's a yep. massive summer coming up. And I think even what we've seen from, from Bumrah, the way that he's bowling at the moment against England, that's where I get concerned about, have we got the batters mm. to stand up to high-quality fast bowling? Um, Smith, okay, you know, he did well in one innings, but there was a couple of innings he didn't look too good at all. So... Yeah, I I think I don't think that they've solved what their their top six is going to be for for India next year, and 
it's it's what happens on the way through against India on you know against sorry against New Zealand in on green tops. Um, that's going to test people's techniques. That's going to be interesting. That, that series against India, isn't it? It's two aging groups coming together for one last stand. Yeah, that's a good call. And and who's going to a real then, heavyweight Who's battle. then's going to manage the transition of the team better? Yeah, that's right. And mm. that, and that, see, that's something to consider as well, guys. Is that you know we've seen what Xavier Bartlett can do. We can we've sort of seen what Lance Morris can do. We even saw a, a, a short sample from from Sutherland. But because Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins are so good and because Cummins is captain, they're not rotating through now to give guys opportunity. So they'll all retire at a similar sort of time. So we'll either lose a generation of bowlers that won't get a chance or that by the time they retire, we're going to be playing very inexperienced. Attacks, they can't let we? them. They can't do it that way, can they? Don't <laughs> they have to transition I, I, I to the, a degree? I Exactly. So I think the only way they can do it is to say to Hazelwood and Stark, look, Choose one form of the game. Yeah, you know, maybe Stark has to retire from one and Hazelwood for the other <laughs> to give these guys international experience, like Bartlett and Co. Before they all retire. Tough conversation. Do you think it's a Do you think it's a tougher call um, on those bowlers now because Pat Cummins is the captain Definitely. and he is a bowler. Definitely. So yeah. so he will he will side with with those guys. Naturally, yeah. because they're all playing well. Like if Joss Hazel said, "Listen, isn't Patty? Yeah. I'm I'm bowling well. I'm not resting." And Mitch Stark says, "Well, I'm not doing. I'm flying at the moment." Yeah. And Patty's, "Well, I'm the captain. I'm not going anywhere." Like, and this is, is that a tough conversation to have? It definitely. And this is what's making it hard, I think, for Scott Boland. I had a chat to Scott um, at um, at Junction Oval the other day. Like he was thinking he'd probably play two Test matches over the summer. <laughs> he didn't play oh, any. Yeah. No. No. And then no he, and then he down. comes up a bit rusty at, at Junction Oval and. All of a sudden, he's got knee soreness because he hasn't been bowling mm. in in match Rusty. situations. So, um, yeah, I think that has to be somewhat of a consideration, um, particularly as Jules said. You know, the heavyweight battle next summer, and then it's the Ashes the summer after that. So it's exciting well, times. Yeah, well, I, I guess if you are those guys, Hazelwood and Stark, and to a lesser degree, Cummins, you don't want to sit out because you know no. that bowling he comes in and he's going to make an impact straight away, and then we take six for what seven. It makes it pretty hard to drop him after that. And, and, and the best example I give to people, because it's not like footy where you've got 23 games you play through the season. If you miss one, it doesn't matter. You no, play next. There's 24 playing every week. So um, when Travis Head got COVID a couple of years ago against in the Ashes, I think it was in the Ashes, and couldn't play the Sydney Test. And so Usman Khawaja comes That's in. That's right. Makes yeah. 100 in both innings. He's still there. And mm. then they go, well, we can't drop Usman. He's done too well. We've got to play Travis Head. So then Marcus Harris like, look, I'm sorry, mate. You're going to have to miss out. You did really well for us in Melbourne, and mm. you did okay in Sydney, but you're going to have to miss out. But you'll, you'll be okay. Hasn't played again. Mm. Mm. Well, it's a sore point. We've got back to Marcus somehow. We've got him somehow. It was a long sort of rolling conversation, but we got back to Marcus Harris in the end. We got there in the end. So who exits? Who, who do you think would exit? quickly. <laughs> <laughs> who do you reckon exits test cricket first, Stark or Hazelwood? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh. Who's older? Hazelwood older than Stark? Uh, gee, they're similar age. They're similar I think uh, Stark would be a little bit older. Oh. Oh. I'm going to say Stark. <laughs> yeah, I, I would lean towards Stark. Mm. I'll say whoever gets in an injury first. We're well, being... that's sitting on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably right, though. It's yeah. probably true, though. It's probably it? that way, yeah. I mean, I, if you ask me who is the next player of that 
generation to retire, I think it would be Kawaja. I think so. Yeah, I, I think he's only got probably twelve months left. Mm. I think he he knows that. Though, I, I he? think he yeah. I mean, he's the same age as Warner, um, and I reckon Smith would probably retire after the Ashes. Mm. So I think he'd want to. Well, I mean, Nathan Lyon wants to get to the next UK Ashes. So they're playing that well, and they're so well physically conditioned. There's no reason for them to retire. Mm. No, that's right. So why wouldn't they keep mm. going? Uh, if they all, if if they were, if one was rested and two were injured, Cummins, Stark, and Hazelwood, who would be your next three in line, Whitey? So for me, it would be Boland, Bartlett, and Morris. They would be the yep. next three obvious ones. Spencer Johnson. Spencer Johnson hasn't played a lot of first love class the left cricket. Armor. Yes, but his body, I don't think, would be ready mm. for Test cricket. He gets injured a fair bit. Um, and then from a Victorian point of view, Coons, uh, what Fergus O'Neill's doing at the moment is remarkable. Um, five wickets again yesterday to help Victoria um, get the victory again over South Australia. And I'm a big fan of, of Mitchell Perry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, they've got, and Will Sutherland, they've got a lot of players at Victoria that are that are young, all under 24 and all doing really well. They're winning games for Victoria. It's not their batting, it's their bowling that's winning games for them. Hutchie just texted, said, you've done well, you'll get the full pay. We've got 90 seconds to go. Uh, got a- <laughs> no, you're supposed to be on no, your 10 to tonight. Go <laughs> <laughs> it got, uh, got a bit tight for the Vicks at the junction over today. No, it did, it did. So they got their seven down in the end. They needed 157 for victory. They lost Nick Maddinson off the first ball of the day. And from that moment on, they were a bit nervous. Um, but well done to Campbell Calloway that yep. that guided them. Talking about young players, guided them to victory, thirty three not out, and a quick fire thirty six from Sam Harper. So great effort from Victoria. They've now won I think three in a row, mm. and they're on the charge. Yeah. I think they're second on the table. Yeah, behind Tasmania. Whitey, well done today. A bit shorter than you probably would have hoped, but uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the night. Nice I'll work, go, Whitey. Go McDonald's now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now Australia's dominant win against the West Indies has been our hot topic thanks to Apco. Skip the queue with the Apco app. With the Apco app, pay for petrol from the comfort of your car or pre-order food and drinks. Uh, plenty more coming up on Sports Day. We're going to talk some footy up north very shortly uh, with uh, Michael Whiting from AFL.com.au. A couple of big footy stories Coons will touch on after the break. Uh, Cal Mills, they've got rid of Parker, got rid of Rampy, and even though he's not playing for half the year next year, he's going to be the sole captain of the Swans. And some interesting rule tweaks uh, announced from the AFL today as well. I think the one with rundown tackling is going to be very interesting as season 2024 unfolds. This is Sports Day for Kia. Epic has arrived, the all-electric seven-seat Kia EV9. And Maccas, where Whitey's going, plenty more after this. Family meal coming up.